0: Boutier. Boutier. And I can tell you, from what we've heard, tell you, I think we're going to have a very I successful so. off season. it to free
1: agents. Welcome to the Knicks Bait Podcast. The Boutier of Nick's Podcast. All bangers in a blunt worth of time. Three Nick's junkies giving you your fix. Dougie Fresh, what's good?
0: I want to take you through my struggle, my psychosis. I started this evening looking up that open gym video of Devin Booker getting double teamed and being like, yo, we're going to fucking beat the second best team in the NBA tonight. And I finished my night by asking you guys if the Wizards won and cheering when I found out that they lost so they couldn't have a longer (laughs) winning streak than we did. That was my night.
2: (laughs) Fuck this team. Love that energy, D-Boy. What's good? you well i was starting to feel like i didn't know who i was anymore the knicks were winning things were happening that made no goddamn sense to me it was really nice to see chris paul be the best player on the floor and you know do what the best players do with the garden and go the fuck off
1: sadness
2: snoring
0: order and balance
1: doing an emo slash knicks podcast year Err, uh, me, Monty, holding it down. Final score, Phoenix 118, New York 110. Walt's suit was a prairie pollock. Splattering of artistic clutch sunspots ended the Knicks nine game
2: winning streak. We're gonna get into the quick hits.
0: Quick hits,
1: hi
2: A loss and a feeling of surprise that is new for all Knicks fans. Let's give out these awards. The Kyden Randall, who's your daddy, most valuable player, goes to another former Wildcat, Devin Booker, whose thirty-three point outburst was simply too much for Reggie Bullock and RJ Barrett to contain. The Anthony Bonner, once a Nick, always a Nick award, goes to Monty Williams for getting comfortable in his old home and notching his forty-third victory, putting Coach of the Year competition Tom Thibodeau on ice. Shout out another Monty. The Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey, Garden Extravaganza, Elephant Balls of Steel go to the point, God, Chris Paul, and his three death-defying daggers to seal the Suns' victory, scoring seven points in the final minute of the game. The Kevin Knox G-Shock retirement watch goes to Mikhail Bridges, who dropped an efficient 21 on eight of 12 shooting and reminded the Knicks that there were three legitimate small forwards available when they picked in the 2018 draft, and they did not select any of them.
1: I called that dude the light-skinned Kevin Durant.
2: And the sad stat of the night? Tibb stuck to his conservative load management philosophy and took RJ out for less than one minute in the first half. He played 45 minutes total.
1: This day in Sadnik's history, April 26th, 2001, Toronto 94, New York 74, this was the beginning of Vin Sanity, the original NBA mentally ill wordplay. Latrell Sprewell had six points and was getting sauced all day by Vincent Lamar Carter. Mark Jackson tried to get tough with half man, half amazing, but that just fired him up. Whether it was driving to the rim or the threat of it opening up the yard of the mid-range jumper, Vincent.
0: Carter had 22 points, but it felt like so much more. We are gathered here today to mourn the loss of our dear friend, the nine-game winning streak. You made us believe that RJ was better than Ja Morant and that Julius Randle deserved to be talked about over LeBron in the MVP conversation. You made Luca weep and cry and realize that he stuck with Porzingis for another three years. You made Zion say nice things about New York. Gidgadal, Gadash. Shme rabah though i walk through the valley of the shadow of the play-in i fear no westbrook for quickly is with me amen
1: All against randall crossover pull back spin throws it up with the basket oh it goes in chris paul with a circus shot and the Knicks are down five up a three, it's good. It's Chris good. Paul it's from good. downtown, and that,
2: will do, that it. will do it. Spike and Celebrity Row is back at the Garden, and so is that old school raucous energy that dominated the 1990s mecca of basketball. The crowd in the world's most famous arena is the least talked about and most underrated asset the Knicks have this season with limited capacity due to pandemic sanctions, the Garden Faithful has not lost its muster as they consistently do their part as the sixth man on the floor. I'd even go a step further and say that Knicks fans have been as loud or louder than any other fan base in the league. So as we head into the final 10 games of the season towards a playoff run, how much of an advantage is the Garden and the support those in attendance have been giving to this squad?
1: Look, I love going to basketball games. Live sporting events are amazing. I like to go in various cities. I've been in many cities. And a 2,000 people crowd at MSG is louder at times than playoff games I witnessed for the Clippers. So I'm gonna leave it at that.
0: As someone who's been going to the Garden since I was five years old, I will tell you definitively that that place is a pressure cooker. It will turn any situation to its most extreme. So when the Knicks are clicking and playing well, one shot in a close game can seal it for the Knicks. One big three ball. But in the other direction, it always leads to these massive cojones performances from visiting stars tonight it was chris paul hitting some absurd shots making tight plays down the stretch and keeping his composure
2: but let's see the garden has for a long time been a place that opposing teams circle on their calendar not because they're scared of the knicks or it's a big game but because that is the stage in which they want to perform. That's where Celebrity Row is. That's where Jon Stewart and Chris Rock and Spike Lee and Elliot Stabler and all those motherfuckers are sitting. So the question we need to ask ourselves in this season after this nine-game winning streak that came to a close tonight has the Garden once again become a place to be feared? The play of the Knicks has harnessed a lot of the energy of the
0: city and a lot of the energy of this crowd, and you see it no more than when you look at the way IQ and the way Obi Toppin have been playing over the course of these last nine games. Those two are young and charismatic and excited to be here, and they benefit, they grow, they do not shrink from the moment. So I really want to see Tibbs lean into that, trust Obi a little bit more like he did tonight. I feel
1: like somehow this minimal capacity in the crowd takes off just enough pressure for the Knicks to succeed.
2: The Julius Randle transition with the Garden crowd is one of the most interesting things about this year. Last year, he was one of the most booed players I can remember in a long time. And this year, he started the season and was able to establish his place on this team and his success without the pressure of fans in attendance. And when they came back the first game, they were chanting MVP for him. And so the pressure that you're talking about is off of Randall, but still on a player like Alfred Payton, who you can just tell isn't having fun on this team and still getting booed in the process.
0: I mean, Randall, uh, to be honest, ever since he started hearing those MVP chants, he's kind of played like an MVP. He's gotten himself into the quote-unquote conversation. The Alfred minutes, we all have to grin and bear it. Even the live crowd, having been there now, what, three times? It is brutal to watch. It could get rancorous in the playoffs. The booze is being served once again. The chicken fingers are being served once again. Don't be surprised if one hits Alfred Payton in the side of the head.
1: I love that raucousness of the crowd. And I'm hoping that that raucousness of the crowd can affect the referees. We've been getting shitty calls all season. I feel like they're starting to turn around because they don't want to hear it from these loud New Yorkers. Fuck 12. Light that. smoke that. It's time for Planta. CP3. Point goat? I say so. He kept the New Orleans Hornets franchise viable after Katrina and kept them in New Orleans. Then was denied a trade to Lakers cause it would look bad for the team owned by the NBA to trade a generational player to one of their glamor franchises. But instead he shipped off to Donald Sterling's Clown Show and he made them fucking competitive, almost cool. Then was traded to the Rockets and subsequently exiled by James Harden, mistake, to Oklahoma City where they weren't even trying to win but Chris Paul. Now he's in Phoenix, Robert Sarver, one of the worst NBA owners? That's a murderer's row of situations to try to succeed in, yet he persevered, thrived. I could list all his accolades, nine-time All-NBA and All-Defense, recorded the preposterous 28.8 assist and seven steal line six times. He shines everywhere he goes. Hell, he throws alley-oops to teammates off the court with a lucrative State Farm bag. Salute the point god.
2: We hope you all enjoyed your Knicks bait and never, ever forget Phil Jackson turned down a deal to trade Kristaps Porzingis for For Devin Devin. Booker. Booker.